a mighty fortress is our God. A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing. Our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. This piece is a rendition of Nathan Drake. This hymn begins our third episode. Pastor Confex, welcome to All Things Reformed Podcast. Martin Luther, again, is the writer and composer of this hymn. What is happening? I mean, he had a gift of uh, composing hymns, so he composed this hymn basing on Psalm 46. And Psalm 46 reads, To the choir master of the sons of Korah, According to Alamoth, a song, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not fear. I skip to the end. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Now, here is a man, uh, again, as we discussed in the last episode. He's a sinner, just like all of us. But the Lord is still using him. And that's what the Lord does. He uses people with weaknesses like you and me because the power is not in us. Luther is still not convinced. He's still saying the church is wrong. What they are doing are not biblical. They should stop. And he continues to write. So he writes about justification by faith alone. He writes against indulgences. He writes against so many things that are wrong in the church. Now, the Pope, as I've already said, is so much concerned. He refers to Ruther as a word boar who has risen in the church to cause confusion and all that. Until 1521. The church can't take it anymore. And they say, well, we need to put a stop to this. So they call for a diet of Worms, German language, worms. That's how they pronounce W as V. So I'll, sometimes I, sound, I pronounce it as worms or worms. I mean the same thing. This should be many worms. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, the, the worms one is what, a better what, what The diet it? of worms, like you're eating worms. Yeah? <laughs> no, that's not what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. What does this mean, diet yeah. of worms? Yeah, but diet really, uh, diet really means a gathering. Oh, uh, some of us would say general assembly a synod, a church council, uh, like that. And Worms or Worms is a place where they're meeting. Right. So a gathering at Worms or Worms. Right. Yeah, so a church council at Worms. Mm. Yeah, so they, they meet there, they call for that. Now, remember, John Haas was also in a similar situation. He was at a council of Constantine. And uh, when they called him, they had assured the king of Czech Republic to say, well, he will be safe. We just want to question him, and uh, later we will release him to back to you. And now, Luther has been invited to the Diet of Worms. And the king in Germany, King Frederick III, is also called King Frederick the Wise, is so much concerned because he knows the history, uh, has lost his life. So uh, he asks the Holy Roman Empire, mm. Emperor rather, uh, Emperor because at this time the church is connected to the state so much. 
So the empire this time is being read by Charles, Charles V. And so King Frederick says, well, I want an assurance that when Martin Luther, who is a citizen of this country, comes there, you're going to give him a safe passage and he's not going to die. Hmm. So they assure him. So because the, the Diary of Worms is not just a religious gathering, it's not just the church, it's political as well because the emperor will be there and he's a powerful emperor of all entire Europe. So they assure him, they assure King uh, Frederick III that no, Luther will be safe. And the king assures Luther, say, they have assured me, you go there. So Luther goes, they died of worms. And it's in May. And Luther is brought before the emperor, the most powerful man at this time there. And the leadership of the church, the pope, and all the cardinals, and all those powerful people there there. And they make him stand in front of them and they bring all his writings and say, two questions, Luther. Do you recognize these writings? And he says, yes. Second question. Do you stand by what you have written in these documents? Ah, there Luther is a bit hesitant. He's not so sure how to respond to that. Should I say yes or no? And they say, no, Luther, give us an answer. Why is he hesitating? Because he knows in these writings he has been speaking against the church. Mm. And those people that he has been speaking against are there now. The Pope is there. The leadership of the church is there. And this is not easy. You are standing in the face of these powerful men and say you are wrong. And it's not easy for him. Luther and, is having a human moment. Oh, human moment. I, again, just... A true picture here of a weak man just mm. like you and me. So Luther is hesitant. He says, can you please give me 24 hours? I should think and pray about it. And, and, and the council is so gracious. They say, well, yeah, we're going to give you 24 hours. We meet tomorrow. You're going to give us an answer. And somehow they think, oh, we knew he was going to. Yeah, they are thinking, well, he's going to change his mind. Yeah. And actually, you know... Um, Luther is so much disappointed, he feels like he has laid his load down. Because this is a time he had passionately taught about these things. So say, the, the, this is, he's gone back home, now he, he's thinking. Yeah, about so it. yeah, he's, yeah. Still, uh, he's still at the Diet of Worms. Okay. Uh, he has a place where he's staying, okay. not very far from there. So he goes there uh, at his place where he's staying, and he's disappointed uh, with himself. How can I do this? It's like he has denied his word. He has written these things to say these are things from the scripture, but now he can't stand by them. And now, of course, historians debate, but there's a, a prayer that you can find online. You can, if you can just Google Luther's Gethsemane, you're going to find a prayer that he prayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this prayer, he's confessing that he's weak. He's afraid that the world seems to be so evil and scary for him. But then he prays. For strength and say, Lord, strengthen me for the cause is yours. It's not mine, it's your cause. Give me the grace, give me the strength that I need. And then after that, 24 hours lapse, and then he, he's brought back into the council. And they said, You answered the first question. Do you recognize these writings? You said, Yes. We need the answer for, to the second question. Do you stand by them? And then now, Ruth, after praying, and he has been strengthened by the Lord. He has an answer now. 
And this is what he said in May 1521. Unless I am convinced by the testimony of the scriptures or by clear reason, for I do not trust either in the Pope or in the councils alone, since it is well known that they have erred and contradicted themselves. I am bound by the scriptures. I have caught it. And my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything, for it is neither self nor right to go against conscience. Now, historians also debate whether Luther said this or not, because Luther's court proceeds to say, I cannot do otherwise. Here I stand. May God help me. Amen. This is the last part that historians always debate. Mm -hmm. But I believe he said it. And with that, Luther is saying, I'm not renouncing anything that I've written. Because in those writings, there is the word of God. And my mind is taken captive. I am submitting myself to the word of God. I'm not going to renounce anything. So God help me. Wow. Now. They have the answer. Yeah, they have the answer. <laughs> and they know this is heresy. What you're teaching? Because you're teaching against uh, what the church believes, so you're a heretic. And what you deserve is death by burning. Well, you, you may do well to just define heresy. Okay, heresy is a false teaching that okay. is so serious uh, that can lead people so much astray from their salvation. So this is heresy from the perspective of the Roman, Roman Catholic, Catholic Church. church. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So actually, the Roman Catholic Church would define heresy. If you teach anything contrary to the church, that's heresy. Right. And when Ruth So they, they, they declare him a heretic. Yes. And he deserves death. And they are going to burn him. It was a lie that they had assured King Frederick the Wise that they are going to let him go. They are going, they are determined to burn him. But Frederick the Wise is wise. He already yes. knows. <laughs> ah, okay. I can't trust these people. So he already has an army in place. So immediately after the council, the army kidnaps Martin Luther. So they kind of stage a kidnap. They were the army, but they just came like ordinary people, kidnap Luther and, and hide him somewhere where nobody knew. And uh, while in hiding, Luther continues to work. Uh, that's when he translates the New Testament from Latin to German, so that ordinary people in Germany can read it. So it was Martin Luther who translated the Bible from Latin to German. Yes, it was Luther. And can you believe he did it, I think, in one week or two wow. or so? In a short period of time, and he was a gifted scholar. He knew his uh, languages very well, but he translated all that in a hurry, but he did a good job and translated that. Just like adding so to the wound. He said, okay, yo, you, mm. you want to burn me, so you, guess what? I'm going to make the Bible uh, available to local people. Uh, you have already declared me heretic. I can't stop. So he does that. And history tells us almost around the same time there is a... A printing press yes. that is launched in Germany. Yes, <laughs> that will make what's, it what's easy the story to dispute. There? Yes, mm. yes, yeah. So uh, the church, I mean, the church is so much concerned um, that people should be uh, literate. They should read, and of course, their universities and schools, all that. They need material. They need textbooks and all that. And the printing press is is very helpful for that. Religious and all other writings. They will go through that. 
That was God's providence. Mm. The Lord knew yeah. that Luther would need the printing place uh, to publish more Bibles in the local language, and they are printed through that. Even the 95 theses were spread through that as well. So wow. the Lord is so so wise. He knows all things. He controls mm. all things. So yes, uh, so the Bible is distributed, and then eventually Luther is brought safely back to Germany. And now this marks the breakaway from the Roman Catholic Church. Because Luther has been expelled from the church. He cannot be in the church anymore. Mm. He's a heretic, but he's a pastor. He's a professor who is teaching pastors in Germany. What is going to happen? So the church in Germany comes out of the Roman Catholic Church. And at first it's called, Luther would like it to be called an evangelical church, but eventually to be called the Lutheran Church. So that's the beginning of the Reformed faith. Because now the truth that these men have been preaching and speaking against the church cannot be tolerated by the church anymore. So they have to go somewhere else. And that will be the beginning of the Protestant churches. They are called Protestant because they are protesting against the Roman Catholic Church. From that Protestant church, uh, a Reformed church will come out of that. This also is where we leave it for today. Please email us your thoughts about the program and any questions you may have. You can email us on atreformed at gmail.com. atreformed, one word, at gmail.com. You can also inbox us on all things Reformed podcast page on Facebook.